Ty, do we have to do this? <laughs> we do. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my god, this is like this is a, this is just madness. I I just can't believe we we're actually gonna get to talk about white guy in jeans. Yeah, what? <laughs> I did not think white guy in jeans was gonna come back. Uh, yeah, Brian number three is what I've been calling Brian number three. During final tribal, my mom, I, I actually watched the finale with my parents, even though I'm usually not with them on Wednesday nights. And my even my mom was like, is that Eric or Chris? <laughs> yeah. Is that Eric? Like, all of them. I'm, well, I'll okay. wait. I'll wait. <laughs> all right, let me, start it. let me start it for real. Hello. Welcome. I don't I don't know what tone to even start with. Like excitement, sadness, confusion. I don't know. We're here. I'm Taylor. Hey. This is this is our podcast. This is the thing we do where we talk about a show that we apparently love and <laughs> analyze it and tell people what was good and what was bad and what's happening and we make sense of it all. Like we help you understand like who should win, you know. And who should lose, and just like the narrative, the editing, all that good stuff. Like we're just we know what we're talking about, and uh, yeah, that's us. <laughs> we're not as mentally there as we were in the beginning, and we're not physically there at all. But we're here. <laughs> we're on the island. <laughs> oh, God, God help me. Okay, I'm Taylor Gaines, and uh, to quote Reem, I've never been so cold, so alone, so miserable. This is probably my darkest moment. <laughs> I looked over the edge and all I saw was emptiness. I don't know. Okay, let me, I could just talk to myself all day about this. I'm going to I'm going to bring bring my friends in. My friends who are here just silently laughing at me. <laughs> okay. First off, he's been spending 28 days planning revenge or or at least however long our podcast has been. It's Tyler B Commons. I just we have to mention this at least, and I feel like it's not going to come up in the podcast because it's not like a big thing. <laughs> what did War Dog do with his beard in the first Tribal Council, where he like had that weird shave and he had yeah, the like Wolverine, Wolverine look. but like not even close to Wolverine? I, like, but then the I, very next Tribal was gone. The whole episode, but I was like, why did you do this for twenty four hours and then get rid of it? I would rather talk about that than the whole episode. <laughs> Can we do? It that? cracked me up. No, we cannot. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. And I could I could actually I could talk about War Dog quite a bit probably. I wish we could. I wish we could. That voice you hear is our other guest. She would date Ryan Reynolds if she had the chance probably. I don't know. I know. I'm not, <laughs> no. I'm not I'm Lauren. <laughs> she okay. She wouldn't date Ryan Reynolds if she had the chance. So screw you Ryan Reynolds. It's Michelle Schubert. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. How are you? Happily married. To <laughs> <Dom>. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you guys? I'm actually really sick right now, but uh, um, in good spirits at least. Well, we're glad you're fighting through whatever plague you have today to join us. I actually, I really hope it's not something serious. If people don't remember, I feel like I joke about this with people who might have never listened before. <laughs> that Michelle told us the first time she came on a couple years ago that she had the bubonic plague once. I did. I had that. I think it was like back in like 2015. I was one of 15 people that year to get it. So, well, 15 people in the United States. Who knows about, you know. 
one of 15 people to get the bubonic plague, one of just a couple hundred people to be on Survivor. So you got you got all that going for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm the lucky one. Yeah, Millennials versus Gen X, in case people haven't watched previous seasons or don't remember or whatever. Michelle was a, was a really awesome part of it. The Dragon Slayer. Before there was a Game of Thrones. I guess maybe it was on then. Yeah. <laughs> How long can we delay talking about Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I... Okay, I guess I'll start with the simple thing, which is sort of recapping what happened last night. Yeah. We started the episode with five people left, and they had been on the island most of the time, except for Rick Devins, who was voted out and got back into the game at some point and was the heavy favorite it was rick gavin victoria lauren and julie right off the bat we got the edge of extinction to finally end with the challenge that brought chris underwood back into the game and he had been on edge of extinction since like day eight then Without getting into every detail of the episode, Victoria was voted out, Lauren was voted out, Devin's lost a fire-making challenge, and we can talk about all of those people and all of those things. But then we were left with the final way that we're left with the oh my god, guys, I don't even know. I can't even speak the words and I know they're true. We were left with a final three of Chris, <laughs> Gavin, and Julie. And Chris, who was not on the show for what do you say like 28 of the days something like that mm-hmm. one in a pretty deep landslide of a vote honestly it was like nine to four over gavin who received no votes against him the entire time was involved <laughs> in pretty much every vote in the second half of the season with victoria and or lauren and just just lost to the guy who lived on edge of extinction the whole time we truly had someone win survivor who was not on the season and i have a lot of thoughts about it and it was really insane and we can talk about it all but that's that's a brief summary in case you uh just wanted to to make sure you were square on that so uh yeah (laughs) so for those of you who can't see, my, uh, which is everyone besides Ty and Taylor, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my head is in my hands when thinking about the players from the Edge of Extinction winning their way back in. That part of the episode, so so fine. Okay, they had this they had this challenge, and you know Chris Underwood beats out the challenge beast Joe, who you know of course I think the producers were hoping was going to win his way back in. And then instead of like going on to more gameplay, we spent what felt like twenty minutes. It, there's no way Ugh. it was that long, but it felt it like twenty was. minutes to yeah, it could have been each person from Extinction Island talk about. Well, regurgitate the same sentences one after another about how much they've grown and learned about themselves being on Extinction Island and what Survivor means to them. And that's just not Survivor. That's that's like reunion show stuff. That's like your own Twitter account stuff. That's like your own, you know, that's your own stuff. That's not Survivor. 
um, so that or that like immediately put me into like this like drudging mood through the episode. That was how it started for me. And then things at least were all uphill from there, right? <laughs> okay, there were some there were some entertaining pieces Definitely. of last night. Though. Definitely. Chris provided a lot of the entertaining pieces, but I just I do want to say the one positive thing overall, based off what you just said, is like haha to the producers who were like, We're gonna set up this twist that is a guarantee to like make sure we have the returners around. And I just do kind of love on some level that they got totally screwed by it. <laughs> and we had a final final five of like all newbies, first of all, most of whom they did a terrible job showing the whole season. And then the edge twist totally backfired by having someone win who was not a returner and was not interesting and was not in the entire game. And we talked about that all season, about how the Edge of Extinction theme just set up for like an unfair advantage. We talked about how he got to sit on an island for a month, not competing in anything, just becoming friends with these jury Making members. No enemies. No enemies, just making friends with these jury members. And then, like, I don't want to take away the final three days that he had because what we got to see, he played really well. And I want to I want to say that for him. But you didn't play for the entire month of February and you come back and you win. Like, it's not even fair. <laughs> I don't understand. He really did play about as strong of a four-day stretch as he could. But it's just, like, it's just ridiculous. I Like... I'm starting to like wade into the waters here, but like Survivor at its core is a show about getting a group of people that you voted out to decide to vote for you to win a million dollars. This is like the the essence of the, the game itself. Mm-hmm. And I think I gave the jury too much credit throughout the season in thinking that they would respect the people who were actually in the game and not just be buddy buddy. But I should have known better. Like we we've seen this time and again where the wrong person wins or whatever because they like a certain person more. And people will tell you that like that's just like the winner is the winner. Like whoever the jury picks is the right winner. Like that's the nature of the game or whatever. But it's not true. Like <laughs> uh, that's that's saying that humans are right when they do things like this and it's just a total joke for them to vote for a guy who was not in the game and not only that ahead of a guy who had no votes against in the entire game and was on the right side of basically every single vote it's just like it's just a joke i, I don't know even where to start i don't I got, the only thing I can say, the only thing I can say is uh, there was someone in our season who was on the right side of most votes. Um, and there was another person in our season who didn't get any votes against them. And there was no way either of them were ever going to win. But having no votes against you, although that does mean that you were like trusted by a lot of people, it also means you weren't um, threatening to threatening. anybody. Now, are, are, were those people who were in the final three, or were those, like... One of them was. One of them was, and then one of them was, like, final, like, five or six. I don't remember the exact numbers. But, 
Um, so there is like, there is this thing, like you had to have been threatening enough to make people respect your game. And I guess like, it's clear Julie, obviously nobody, nobody respected Julie's game. And that's, that's a complicated thing because yeah, from day one, if you're crying, you know, nobody's going to respect you. I think that's one reason Aubrey didn't win, you know, from day one, if you're having a panic attack, people's like perceptions of you automatically go somewhere and uh it leads to you know you can never really gain back i don't know respect or or something throughout the season um but then with gavin yeah i think even though he played a great or a easy i don't know how do i say that <laughs> he played a good social game but like it wasn't it, it he didn't seem like he was you know, according to according to the the castmates, it didn't seem like they thought he was out to win Survivor. He was just out to make it to the end. Yeah, he just kind of seemed cool and analytical, and like, well, I guess if this is going to get me forward, I'm going to do it. I'm going to vote out all the threats. I'm going to turn on my alliance when I need to. Although I don't really think he did that, and he like. You're saying it's hard to imagine a scenario where he wins because they accomplished everything they wanted to and just getting rid of threat after threat after threat. And Taylor and I had been talking about this like he seemed like he was top rung on the ladder when you just keep cutting it off above you. But Chris came back in and Chris in 72 hours blew up the chance that Gavin had. And it's like, well, where are you going to go from there? He has, he didn't really have a great argument. I I will say this. I think he and um, Julie both had really strong final tribals. At least they edited it in a way that everybody said something really smart, which was, I thought that was good to show. But when you kind of are safe the entire game and not really making decisions, like I would say Victoria was the one deciding who he was going to vote for most of the game. So it's like... Yeah, he's safe, but they all knew that Victoria was the one that was really in charge of that alliance. So, like Julie, why not bring him to final three where you know you have a shot at beating him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with these criticisms of Gavin necessarily. And I think they're they're probably they're they're right, but the, the He but was I, just in the game the whole time. Yeah, that's Is that I, where just, you're going? Like, I just I just can't get over I can't get over that. Like like if if he was up against someone else, then I would like be like, yeah, that's great. You're you're right, and maybe someone else should win. But like if this with the three people, scene. yeah, and and the with the three people we had, it just makes no sense to me. Like he, and I've seen this pointed out a few different times on Twitter now. But like Gavin had to face everything every day for 39 days of the social politics, the the weaving in and out, and like. You can't hide on that beach is what people always say. Like, he might have gotten no votes for him, but that doesn't mean the entire game people were, like, just never looking at him once. Like, he was out there. He wasn't just being buddy-buddy with the entire jury for 28 days to the point where... And I I kept reading things today where people who were on the edge were, like, telling each other what they wanted to see when that person got back into the game so that they would vote for them. And like that as an advantage, aside from the all the other freaking advantages, is crazy because they're basically just rooting for their person to win. Right. And then 
Chris did do a good job with what he did, but like they had such a huge benefit of the doubt to him. And then you get into the fact that this, the freaking show is like giving advantages to him when he comes back. And I just like, what, what, what? Are you back? I'm out. <laughs> he did. He did. He really did. Once he was back in the game, he did the best. At least as far as the editing made it look, he did the best that he could have done with those last four or five days. It, again, though, yeah, I I totally agree. Any other season, I would have been fine. I would have been more fine with Gavin losing, you know, sense. Like any other season, you know, if, if Chris had been in the whole game, then you would expect, yeah, of course he won. You know, even if he didn't, even if he hadn't done much for the first 35 days, and then did all those big moves at the end. Even then, maybe you'd be like, "Wow, yeah, still him." The right. only thing I, the only thing we can say is because they say this all the time on the show. The show is always it's about adapting. You know, the show is about uh, you know pivoting when you need to pivot and whatever, overcoming these these changes. And there's always a twist. They say that being the case, uh, honestly, Chris Underwood, I don't think he could ever win a normal survivor season. He would have never made it to the end of a normal survivor season. He's always going to be the one voted out somewhere between day eight and the first two votes after the merge. Like that's where guys like Chris Underwood, you know, this, uh, strong, decently athletic, decently good looking. Like that's when those guys get voted out. Uh, he would have never made it. So being that we had this theme edge of extinction, I mean, he took full advantage of it. Uh, this is the only type of season I can see I can see him winning. So I got to give him those props. Yeah, it's just like Jeff kept saying the theme is not on trial. He said that a lot. <laughs> weirdly overly defensive because and he even you you knew that he knew it was bad when he immediately at the beginning of the reunion was like, "Wow, thanks for being part of such an experimental season." And experimental is always a word people use when they're like yeah. yeah, we tried something and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, and he but, came out and he was like, thank you for being on the season. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about the theme not being on trial is like, it is. Because it's been on trial the whole year because they asked for this. Like, if you bring back returners and set up a theme like this, like, people are going to put the theme on trial. And to me, like, you can adapt the game and evolve it and... As much as I hate how many immunity idols there are and we and advantages and we can talk about that, like at least that still feels like it's part of the show. Like to mess with a central tenet of it in that yeah. you have to survive the entire time is is just too far for me. And it's it's like yeah, it's I I can't pretend like that. Like the moment the feeling I had when he read Chris's name out as the winner was like so surreal i i was feeling like i had seen the end of a show like like <laughs> survivors dead and we killed it but this is where like you said you have to play the cards that are dealt to you i'm not blaming chris <laughs> that's you did that but like this is kind of the argument i made a few weeks ago where i said 
is feeling less and less like a reality show and more and more like a game show. When you have things like Idolpocalypse, like we had a few seasons ago, where no one was voted out, but someone went home, and essentially the same scenario was like perceived to be set up in this episode when <laughs> Devin's went and hit his other two idols, but it was like in a hilarious, entertaining way. And I thought it was funny and I thought it was entertaining, but at the same time, like you're saying, it didn't feel like Survivor. It felt like fake drama. I, I've i been saying this, like, I want people to hate each other again. And this season, like, no one hated each other and everybody, like, was all buddy-buddy. And, when and whenever anybody went home, they were like, best of luck, guys. I wish you luck. Okay, good luck. Have fun. And I'm like, no, can you hate somebody? <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that's just me being like the old man stick in the mud, but like, why is everybody so happy to be oh, well, out and be like, here you go. I just love that I got to play Survivor. Maybe you'll like this then, Ty. I read this today. Lauren did an interview with Entertainment Weekly, or uh, one of our season favorites who had a, an abrupt ending here in this episode after badly misplaying the idol that she held on to since day two. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that too if we have time, but uh, she was not very complimentary of Rick as a person, and I, I actually made a comment during last night's episode when I was watching saying, like, it seemed like he started to feel like he deserved to win and was giving off that vibe to people, and it might not have hurt him with the jury in the end because the jury was actively cheering for him during each tribal, but it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't like his attitude right now. <laughs> and apparently that was something that came across. Here's what Lauren said. I think there were a lot of things that happened between me and Rick that crossed the line on a human level, just the way he spoke to me. And so I think that his hiding a fake idol for me personally was a little malicious, but if that's the way he wants to play the game and that's the way he lives his life, that's totally fine. The people you're playing with, and that's the people you're playing with, and you just have to kind of get over it. I think it's going to be funny one day to watch that, but not tonight. Just maybe not tonight. And, like, that sounds like someone who does uh, not like him. <laughs> <laughs> but part of that is he was getting pats on the back for the last, at least what we saw, four or five weeks. Everyone was like, you got to get him. You know he's the best. And it doesn't help when... Every single tribal, you get a great view of Aubrey being like, shut up, no way, he is the best ever. Like, if he's yeah. perceived that way, why is he not going to start believing it? It's not a basketball podcast, but NBA stars are told they're great <laughs> from the time they're born, and then they get to the NBA and get arrested. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, that is where I think even a notch up like one notch up above that would have been that he made it his goal to make other people around him feel like they were doing way better. You know, like it's one thing that, you know, you're doing well, but you can also talk to people in a way on the Island. You make them feel like they're doing really good because then they they're willing to go to the end with you, you know? Mm. So that was maybe one, one downfall of his game is yeah. Letting, you know, letting all of that praise come to him unhindered and not sending any of it to other people as well. Just a thought. And I think that's definitely true because we always talk about the managing the people after a blind side. And 
we didn't see a whole lot of that done very well this season because everybody wanted to make the blind side and take out the big player. And that's why we saw like right before the merge happened and right after the merge, all the big athletes or all the like strategic people that we loved, you know, like Aubrey and Kelly and like all these people that were, had come back. Everybody wanted something on their resume and no one thought of like the repercussions of what it's going to be like when we get back as a tribe and have to discuss it the night after the vote happens. And I really think that that was like one of the biggest themes of the season is we're all fans of this game. Therefore, you're going to accept me blindsiding you, but you still have to like connect on that emotional level or as Lauren said, like that human level where Devin's can't just run over people and then expect people to pat him on the back as being like the best player ever. You have to be able to manage making blindsides and then making up with the people that you blindsided. And I don't think we really saw any of that this season. Well, you could just sit on the edge of extinction with all the people you helped put out <laughs> and maybe they'll be friends with you by the end and then you can just come back and win. That but we won't happen. get to see it. So maybe, maybe it did happen. Here's the other problem with the way they're doing this now. The fire making challenge is like such a hero moment that like I actually applauded Chris a lot for what he did because yeah, that is the only way to get around that stupid thing is to do it yourself because yeah. whoever wins that is going to get way too much credit for winning it and it's going to influence the jury a lot. Like I would argue that if Gavin had been put in that and won, he would have won easily because they would have had this like stupid thing to hold on to. And I Chris definitely made the right move and I went I they were showing him training all those other people and I was thinking like he should do it. Like he wasn't in the game. The only way to really make a name for himself is to take out Devins right now. And like more power to him for doing that. But yeah. the fire making challenge is intensely stupid because of that. Like it basically <laughs> undermines a lot of things that go into what went up to that point by just putting this like hero ball moment for whoever well and it gives that so like you can only use your idol up to final five but you don't really need it for if you know how to make fire almost you know like you're not guaranteed nobody's gonna be sure to be able to vote you out of the game nobody can you know it comes mm-hmm. down to, so in fact that's what i was wishing uh what was it two seasons ago dom and wendell that yeah. season I was wishing Dom was going to just take on Wendell in the fire making challenge. He would have won if he did. Yeah, their, exactly. their vote was close. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That definitely creates a an well an unnecessary hero moment, and then again, kind of a pass for a really good player. Yeah, and ultimately, it's just like they have corrupted the game so far beyond like what Survivor is that it's hard to take in what's happening at all. And like Ty said, I think you're actually making an amazing point about it just being a game show and not a reality show because everything that happened this season didn't matter. Like that's the real problem with edge of extinction is it undermines the entire 39 days, the entire 13 weeks we spend watching the show by giving someone a chance to win who doesn't deserve to win. Even if they play four really good days and, like, that's just not a social strategy game. That's, like, that's just a game show. It's something else. Yeah. 
But then how are you going to get great speeches about Joe saying, we're defined by never quitting, and David saying, Survivor broke him out of his self-doubt, and Julia talking about getting herself dealing with her father passing away. Are you going to list and all of them? Because the, we got to watch all of them. <clears throat> I mean, I wrote talk. down a lot of them, but, you know, I mean, they're fishing for entertainment more than substance, maybe, possibly. I mean, I don't know. I've never said that phrase out loud. I'm just saying it now for the first time. But is that kind of where we're heading is like, well, we need something entertaining, like a fake apocalypse. Let's make it happen. Yeah, maybe they're actually just heading towards like, meme culture where like they don't need the show to be good they just need it to be loud because look at the teaser for next season they built two effing like mount rushmore sized heads of survivor players and put them on a beach like who is that for are there people who see that and they're like wow i am so glad they're giving proper respect to my favorite survivor (laughs) like it's a joke like People have to look at that and be like, this show is crossed over into parody at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Next year's theme makes me want to barf in my pants or something. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's the confu- the weird, bad, confusing feeling in me about next season is Barfing in your pants is a really upsetting image. And it's, it's still a less upsetting image than those two Mount Rushmore sized heads. Thank you. See? <laughs> Thank you. I agree. I was stuck trying to understand it because you know when people say stuff and you can picture it in your head? I literally can't picture barfing in your pants. Like, I don't know what that would entail. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> well, imagine you're wearing like stretchy pants. And yeah, you're like, <laughs> stretchy you're like, pants. You're like, gosh, I just really need to throw up right now. So then you just pull your pants out and just lean down and just just let it rip. That's exactly it. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I feel delirious. Like, did this happen? Did this really happen? So, so Boss and Rob and Sandra... They aren't in the game, but they're on a different island, and there's going to be people <laughs> I think them. I think it's going to be like Ghost Island, where you get like secret chances to go visit with the masters, and you get sent there for a little bit and then go back, and people maybe won't know that Rob and Sandra are there until later in the game. Maybe they will. I, I don't really like, know. Actually, why, the th- it's in the name of the theme, so... It's pop, what, was the name, what was the theme? What was like the name of it? Isle of Idols or something? Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, yeah. Island of the Idols. But, okay, it's inherently broken because their games were social. And if they're isolated on an island and then telling people how to, like, be social with people they have no idea... They're not gonna do anything. Uh, the yeah. other thing, and and we're we're getting at this by talking about this crazy theme that we just saw. In that is that I don't think anyone, no matter how good that Survivor they are, is gonna be helpful to anyone because every season of Survivor is so different, both with the group of people you have and with the themes that they're pulling out of their ass. So like, 
I can't imagine that even the really good Survivor players are going to change the game for anyone. Like, at this point, the people who go on the show have thought through every possibility of everything. Like, there's an interview with Chris from before the season where he said, if I had a chance to do that fire-making thing, I'd play it myself. And that's what he ended up doing. And, like, I have a hard time believing that Sandra and Rob will actually be helpful or interesting. I feel like they're just there to get us to watch the show. And, frankly, like, to put idols like island of the idols or whatever to put idols in the name of the show in the name of a show that has used way too many idols over the last few years is even more concerning so i am not optimistic but i'm also just coming off probably the worst ending i've ever seen so yeah i I, it was last night was a low point for me in the survivor realm because of that because we had just gone through this this really strange disappointing uh, frustrating season finale and then seeing what looks to me like the worst theme I've ever seen, which I didn't think was possible after this one. And I can't believe like I've, I'm losing sight of this because I'm a human and I'm, and I'm short term like focused, but like the last season we talked about David versus Goliath was one of the best seasons that they've had in a really long time. And it, it is even more painful to see how quickly the show (laughs) dropped to this level because we talked about this last week like i don't know if you blame the the casting or the producing because they like had this terrible twist and they brought the returners back and it was stupid and there were way too many idols and advantages or if you blame the editors for showing nothing but devons for like six weeks and making it feel like no one else deserved to win or like what happened exactly but like to go from how good last season was to how just overall bad this season was for the most part. Like there were entertaining things happening, but there was no consistent narrative and there was a really confusing theme and like not enough time with any of the characters. Like in don't, don't get me wrong that like this was just a bad finale. Like this was a bad season. Yeah. And I think most of the positive things I had to say about this season were, when I shut off my brain and just went for like the entertaining portions of this season, like it was fun, like seeing Devin's climb that tree or seeing him do his theatrics in tribal and you know, whatever else went on there hearing as much as Reem bugged me, like hearing her say, dude, we are so not cool to every single person that went out there. Like, there was a lot of entertainment factor, but I feel like there was like not, and I just said like 12 times, I feel like there wasn't a lot of substance to actually know who these people are because all we got to see was how entertaining they could be and how much they wanted to get rid of every big threat. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, And I wonder, knowing that, Chris was going to win. I wonder why wouldn't they have shown us more of edge of extinction and and made that, could they have made it feel like that was still part of the game? Yeah. Cause there was a few weeks where we didn't even get to see anything, you know, like they weren't giving challenge. I think the last major thing, well, I guess the last two times we saw her was Aubrey got that advantage. What feels like months ago. And then they read those like, letters to themselves there weren't really letters they were like interview questions and then it was like okay like these people are still here i don't know who 
white guy in jeans is. Like, I don't know anything about Chris except he played four really, really good days of Survivor. And apparently four really, really good days is, like, all it takes right now. Yeah. Yeah, I do wish if they were going to show us why he should win, I wish they would have shown us him struggling on Edge of Extinction and, and shown us more about, like, okay, so if it's an unfair advantage to sit you know to sit around for almost a month with the jury that's going to vote for people to win a million dollars show us how he capitalized on that at least or show yeah, us something other, like don't just show us him talking to himself about how sad he is or whatever like that's yeah. i guess helpful for something and i think part of the issue you just touched on is not everybody needed to be a jury member even if you went to edge of extinction I think they could have still pulled off a 10-member jury or even less. That way, the people who were in the game knew what was going on and knew that Gavin had never had a vote and had been a part of this alliance with Victoria literally the whole time and made moves kind of in the background. You could have known that Julie, although I don't think her argument about using her emotions to her advantage was the best but you could have known who she was where four days from the end chris lands on the island and i think he had never met either gavin or julie because he was gone before comma and lesu like got together so it just it created a weird dynamic where you were almost set up to have a bigger advantage and we talked a lot about how we just assumed that it was going to be joe coming back the whole time but it it gave too much weight to someone who had sat on an island and done nothing but as i said eat coconut and rice for a month or more yeah this is the part where i'm going to be like too mean in that (laughs) reem julia eric aubrey david Joe, Wardog, Victoria, and Ron deserve to never be on Survivor again. They all voted for Chris to win, and it's just stupid. And I love Aubrey. You know I love Aubrey. You know I love David. These are these are people I, I deeply admire. And the fact that they screwed this up so badly is just too far for me. I just can't deal with it. But if you love the show even when the show pumps out a terrible season, you have to respect Chris for playing the cards he was dealt yeah. and winning. No, because the thing even about though, it, Ty, like, is like... I think the three of us yeah, love it. Chris, Chris played a great episode. It was a really entertaining couple hours or whatever, especially because the show made it look like Devin's was going to win. And like, I think my theory last week is actually true in that I said they might be setting up like a super stealth win because they're so annoyed by people like us being able to tell who's going to win based off their editing <laughs> that they're going to truly just blindside everyone for no reason because they don't respect us as viewers. And that's what it felt like to me where they were like, oh yeah, you guys think you know who's going to win? Like, Let's have every person we show playing well get voted out and then have the one guy who played really well get like not not that they're dictating what happens exactly but you know what i mean just with the way it's like being presented but but your point ties is, is the thing and like this is the one thing i'm willing to accept but it makes me more 
sad about humanity than it does respecting Survivor, which is this idea that like perception is reality and the perception of the people on that jury is that Chris was the guy they liked. Chris was the guy who deserved to win. You can go back to any season with a bad winner and talk about this same thing. And it just bears out a truth about people that we don't know what we're doing. And we think we do. And we get too caught up in like us being smart and like having good judgment. And we make terrible decisions. Sometimes we give like millions of dollars. I guess, sorry. We give a million dollars to someone who was not in the game. And uh, at this point, I, I don't want to like beat the dead horse anymore but like perception is what happens it's it's just how the way the world works and it goes back to rick too like rick we talked about this a lot was like not really in with anyone he was always on the wrong side of the vote he was trying to get voted out for a long time and a lot of his like flashy moves had no impact like i think he played an idol once that didn't matter uh played like a fake idol that I don't think even really mattered because the group of three who voted out whoever it was, Aurora, seemed to have already decided they were going to vote out Aurora anyway. And like there were a lot of things he did that didn't seem to matter, but the jury thought they did. They thought it mattered and everyone let it matter. And that's all that matters ultimately is you have to make these people think you're playing a good game. It's not about whether you actually are playing a good game. Yeah. Although that's obviously part of it to get there, but. And he had the, he had the bravado to carry that persona through it. And I keep saying we've talked about this because I feel like we have talked about this and we're running out of ways to describe this season, but get people with life experience and, like fun stories and stuff on the show rather like I don't want to totally knock Lauren but you were high on Lauren and I said I'm pretty sure she's just a pretty face and she made it to the end but when she finally had to actually step up and make a move she had no idea what was going on and she didn't have an entertaining backstory she didn't have any reason for me to be like oh she's funny she's great at this she's lived a lot of life it was just like no we got a hot college soccer player like that's what her character was and like i'm not knocking her as a person because i don't know her as a person but as far as entertainment on the show like what did she add not a whole lot devin's like was confident he had that hilarious challenge with his wife everybody loved his giant show he put on at tribal so much so that everyone who went away was like, okay, guys, really, you got to get rid of Devin's. And the jury loved everything that he did and said. And, like, he just had that confidence that I think comes with, like, living more life and having more experiences that Gavin, 22, just got married. Didn't even have that experience. Not knocking that. Like, it's great. I don't think we ever learned that he was a YMCA director other than, like, the little text in the bottom. Like, what has he done... I don't know. He didn't seem like he played like a confident guy. He might just be a quiet, you know, introverted person, but he didn't carry the show forward. He was just like a background character. And when it's set up for a big personality like Rick Devins to somehow survive that middle portion where every big character was voted out, then yeah, you have to jump on board with like, oh, well, this guy's playing the best, even though his idols might not have been well. Like he's entertaining. He's doing drama. 
like when he was saying, Ron, you just want me to look like an idiot in front of my kids. Like that takes guts to have a weird performance like that. It does take a bad guts actor, to set up two of your idols that don't work anymore. Like it's villainous. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. And I think that he's able to carry it forward and do that because he's had this life experience and like he's confident in who he is. Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like I feel like this had a little bit of parallel. The editing, at least, had a little bit of parallels with. I think it was two seasons ago. The, I'm bringing up again, Dom and Wendell. It was, kind of, it was the yeah, it was the Dom show for the final you know handful of episodes, um, just like it was the Devon show you know for these last many episodes, um, and it makes the audience really like that person who's being highlighted. Uh, but maybe that's because, uh, Ty, as you're saying, that was literally the only person doing something entertaining. You know, that was the person saying the interesting quippy things. That was the person with the confidence to hide fake idols. That was the, you know, um, that was the person doing that stuff. That was the person with the experience. This season, as far as casting, just didn't seem to have a lot of options for that. I feel, I, you know, I even feel like the the returners. It was hard to make an interesting narrative off of the returners uh, for some reason. Boy, did they try! <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think I felt like uh, there was a couple really, you know, really very unique and big personalities uh, this season, but not not enough, and not enough that went deep. Yeah, like I said before, it just feels like so many things went wrong <laughs> that I don't even know where to where to really credit it all. Because like you were saying, Ty, like oh, all these people weren't interesting, and I like they weren't really from what we saw. Like even Lauren, who I liked as a player, I felt like I couldn't tell you three things about her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I think to continue what I was saying when Devin's walked out of final three he's like or walked out at whenever he walked out final four and he said like i feel as though a lot of you were here to play the game i wasn't here to play the game i was here to win the game and i think him saying that actually kind of is a decent summation of what it's like Super fans are awesome and they're fun, but if they're just excited to be on the show and make it through some tribals and like have the experience, but they're not there to win the million dollars, like don't get me wrong, everyone's there to win the million dollars. But if that is his only focus, like he wasn't there trying to prove to himself that he is this great person that relies on himself, self confidence. He was there to win a million dollars and it feels like no one else played as hard to win a million dollars as he did. Yeah. Yeah, I actually get that point actually makes sense even in the context of Chris in that he played to win in the points that he was in. And when you look at Gavin and Julie, they kind of played to survive. And uh, I, I'm, I'm as much as it sounds like it, I'm not really going over to the side of like saying, I think Chris should have won anyway, but but that's really all that it's about uh, to a certain point is like looking like you played the hardest and put on a show without getting too many people to, to hate you. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing, though, that we haven't talked about is why was Eric 
still in his survivor clothes even after the jury oh, got to thank go god clean someone up. else noticed because that was <laughs> so funny he was like fully in his cutoff shirt with like his dirty tie and like his his uh uh, uh buff on and i don't know if he like showered in between and then just put that nasty stuff back on or what his move was but it was jarring to see at final tribal how he was just oh, still dressed like that i gotta be honest from uh from you know first-hand experience the clothes that you wear on the island need to just be burned you're never gonna you're never gonna get those <laughs> out of them like did you try yes so uh i i remember i get off the island and you know you see yourself in the mirror you're like all grossed out and somebody offers you food you do that first but then you go and you take a shower of course and i took off my clothes and i like threw them in the corner and i took a shower and i went to bed the next day at some point i walked past that corner and was like oh my gosh (laughs) you barfed in your pants (laughs) 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 um yeah it's just it's nasty it's really bad so yeah, I I can't imagine why uh, he would why he would choose to willingly <laughs> willingly wear those again, or uh, worse, maybe never take them off. Yeah, ultimately, I think the narrative of this season, though, is just something Rick said towards the end. Rick Devins, he said, "People get so laser focused on me that they just let the rest of the game go by." And I felt like that was true of the players who got so focused on him and gave him so much credit that he was such a heavy favorite that it made them all look bad. And it was true of the show, too. The show got so laser-focused on Devons that it undermined everything else that was going on and made the ending ultimately just just stupid. So, (laughs) you know, I've gotten my thoughts out about this, and I've... My my I'm I'm honestly like a little confused in my brain right now of what we still need to talk about because I was like so fired up that like I'm just I'm like breathing again. But uh wow, what else guys? Who else should have won? Who should have won? <laughs> Out of that final six, who should have actually won? <laughs> Other than Devin's, obviously. He wasn't final six, but I wanted war I was I was behind War Dog. I he was so smart. Uh, surprisingly, he was terrible at challenges, which was surprising. <laughs> he was so bad at challenges that people were like theorizing on Reddit and stuff that he was yeah. like throwing challenges. Yes, I was one of those people. I was like, yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, look, see, he like, he's the first one out. Like, <laughs> oh, he's the first one out again. Watch next time. He's going to like step it up. And just He's just going to win all of them. <laughs> Steven Fishback had a really funny tweet last night where he was like, I can't wait to see people theorizing why war dogs throwing this edge of extinction challenge (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah i felt like he he always had really interesting things to say and he always seemed to know what other people were thinking or not thinking and i don't know he got a lot of hate on the internet for some reason i'm not i don't know well he did have a couple times where he tweeted like chrissy would say like from a couple seasons ago she's like oh i'd love to come back or and like on a somebody asked her if she would come back on a beauty bronze brain season or something and war dog responded definitely not beauty and it was like like stuff like that where i was like whoa dude chill and he blocked a lot of people 
but mostly his Twitter was just him tweeting things that were hard to understand. <laughs> like I didn't really know what he was saying most of the time. So that's probably where that a lot of that was coming from was his weird Twitter behavior. Yeah. But uh, that, uh, that sat yeah. suit he was wearing finale. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, he was he was entertaining, and I think he carried a lot of the early part of the yeah. season. And to see him up there, uh, it was a pink it was a pink jacket, right? Yeah, it's like a pink. It looked satin or something. Like it was <laughs> looked like a soft satin pink uh, suit jacket. It doesn't speak well to this season that like it ended twenty four hours ago and. Pretty much the only person I remember is Devin's. Like I'm already like forgetting just just people, left and right. Yeah. Like I I it, it's it's I'm trying to remember everybody who was on. I'm like, wait, who was that person that was in the dress on the left of the reunion? Like I'm I'm like trying to figure out who all these people are, and that's not really great. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, there's always more Survivor. Uh, but next season. Yeah, aren't we excited about the next season? Dude, I am always excited for Survivor. I'm not always excited for the themes. I'm not always excited to see how it plays out. But, I mean, they have two of the best winners ever. Rob arguably should have won twice. Sandra did win twice. It's going to be good in that sense. I just really hope... Like, why don't they... If they're coming up with themes, like, just do Survivor bare bones. No idols, nothing. Like, you have to rely on the people you're on the beach with and just move forward from there. How entertaining I don't would think be? they're interested in that, and I don't think they think we're interested in that. Like, I think people like us, they must view as a small minority because, like I said before, they, they're just kind of going for, like, big moments at this point. It's probably yeah. true. But uh, actually, there is something coming up that we want to watch, right? Can we talk about that? I think so, yeah. Michelle has a really cool thing happening. I will be on season 11 of American Ninja Warrior. Impressive. Wow. Yeah. If you can get over this cold, I guess. I know, if I can can get healthy. Yeah, no, how did did that come about? Just sort of generally. So I was watching a clip that got shared on Facebook a couple years ago. It was of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, it was of a person in a Tyrannosaurus Rex costume running the American <laughs> Warrior Force. So that's how I got interested in it. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know. Uh, I've always had like pretty good upper body strength. And the courses like years ago used to be, uh, there's definitely been an evolution of the game. Hey guys, uh, the course used to be more like high in strength and low in technique, and that's kind of changed now. The opposite, and so um, and I'm I'm kind of more low in technique, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's fun to train for it. It's fun to like learn how to like throw your body off of a bar to another bar and run up a wall, and it's fun to do all that stuff. So it's been a been kind of a crazy fun experience. So you don't know exactly when it's going to be on yet, right? I think my episode is going to be on on like June 24th or 25th. I forget what day is which, but uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll do a very special uh, off-season <laughs> on the island episode where we just <laughs> we just comment on the one segment of American Ninja Warrior that Michelle's on. Yeah. 
<laughs> Although I guess we we could be doing that for Amazing Race too. They have a bunch of survivors on there right now. Yeah. But Michelle's our friend. Thanks for coming back, Michelle. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> It's always fun to talk about the finale, even though I was, uh, I kind of blacked out for a minute there. Ty, how do you feel? Uh, it's another season in the bag. Uh, I was very entertained in a lot of episodes, but overall, I'm on the same page with you guys. Like, this season lacked people I cared about and storylines I was in, and a lot of the things that make me love Survivor, like I talked a few weeks ago about just people hating each other. I I want that, strangely. I want to see it instead of just a bunch of super fans that like have been watching since they were babies and now they're just so excited to be there. Like I want people like Devins who are there to win a million dollars at all costs, even though you know, he's had his struggles and rough around the edges in certain points. Like he was entertaining and he was also playing really hard. And I think that's a balance survivor needs to find again is entertainment as well as people playing extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. Cause this season was mostly just people playing hard. <laughs> also, can we talk about how awkward it was? Jeff trying to get Joe to cut his hair and Devin trying I said to find during a that job. They, they needed to script those things before they happened. Yeah. Because they were awkward and they wasted so much time. <laughs> Very awkward. Very awkward. Uh, Joe did cut his hair. I did see that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I guess he was paid $15,000 or something by Sia to do so. Just throwing money, money to everybody. everybody. Yeah. 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 I'll cut my hair, Sia. How much do we get if we're Sia's favorite Survivor podcast? What do we have to do to make that happen? Oh, man. Be less negative, probably. We've had Davey on. Can we make this happen? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, those uh, little side conversations uh, in between were, were really awkward. Uh, and Jeff's trying to get people to cut their hair when his hair was looking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, guys. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We love all of you. We uh, truly had more people listen this season than in any season we've ever done before. So I like really appreciate all of you, everybody who listens and writes ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and hangs out with us on Twitter. We had we had a couple of people tweeted us today, like wanting to hear our thoughts about the finale so i hope we didn't disappoint <laughs> i hope it wasn't someone like wow i loved that and here's i can't wait to have my friends agree with me but no we we, we appreciate all of you the most and we thank you for coming along for this entire season we had uh more guests than ever i think we i think we had a guest like every other week ty yeah kept us busy and uh yeah we'll be back in the fall we're gonna take a couple months off we've posted an episode every week since september so we're gonna take a little break and recharge rejuvenate watch some american ninja warrior and then we'll be uh back at it for season 39 and as for those of you who have listened for a long time you know that we can be negative but we always come back excited for more <laughs> so we'll be here we'll be here on the island thank you Michelle, for joining us. As always, you're our favorite. Uh, Don't tell the others. Okay. 
(laughs) (laughs) And uh, Ty, good job, Superman. Been at my side this whole time. Any last words? Uh, The war dog. I've been told I have to say the. I still want to talk to you. So if you want to interview, come on our way. This would be super fun to have you on the show. Yeah, do it, war dog. I want to hear you on this show. Sorry, do it, the war dog. The, the war dog. <laughs> Mr. Doctor, the war dog. <laughs> Please, war dog, I want to hear you on this show. Yeah, I guess I don't know if I gave my disclosure of like, nothing we say about anyone is personal. It's just about their TV character. Because <laughs> we, we don't mean anything against anybody. Ex- I almost said accept, but I'm not going to say accept <laughs> anything. Yeah, no, you're all great. Unless you're mean in real life. I've heard stories. <laughs> From pre like older seasons, people who are who are mean, but I'm out of words. I'm out of thoughts. Come and join us. Come and listen. Thank you all. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Ty. I'm Taylor Gaines. This has been on the island, season thirty-eight. Goodbye and good night. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.